This video is brought to you by BetterHelp. As three people proud to be in therapy, we are proud to be part of them for the month of November. Citizens of the Reject Nation, we are here for the Loki Season 2 finale. John, how are you? I am terribly, voraciously anticipant. All right, let's see Koi. How are... That's right. He's uh, running late. Koi. Of course he is. Don't worry. He'll be here, guys, which will give us time to do a little shout out to everyone who has bought real rejects merch at www.rejectnationshop.com my guys thank you so much and ladies for all the support you have been giving our way and looking good while doing it we got shirts like marvel inspired space babies of the galaxy we also got marvel merch john's rocking this loki shirt this other marvel shirt but we also got stuff like pedro pascal from last of us carrying baby grogu child protection services my personal fave but we also got citizen king we got who influences the influencers watchmen inspired we also got some ahsoka inspired tees we got more in development we got this america's ass from the boys universe that's another one of my personal faves and we got a whole bunch more either one that you buy is one of the best ways my personal favorite way for you to support the channel so thank you guys so much with that in mind leave a like on this video also another thing to thank you all for for supporting the channel thank you so much for becoming super sexy rejects that's where you get the full length reaction watch along where you sync it with your own copy of Loki, and we also cover several shows exclusively over there with reaction highlights and watch alongs included. All right, guys, let's get into action. You ready, Koi? That son of a bitch. I don't notice anything different about the music. Nothing. What are you talking about? The variant is an eight-year-old boy. Mm -hmm. Slaughter the eight-year-old boy. <laughs> so it must be done. It never. How do you live with that? love how this is mirroring so much of season one right now. Uh, there's a grander plan. Why would he who remains want this to happen? He's definitely still in control. I just can't figure out what his goal is. He's becoming God of Stories, but we're ultimately watching the narrative of he who remains. Right. This at the end of the day is the <laughs> Kang power story. Whoa. Absorb all of time. Wow, dude. Cool. How are you gonna power them all? Damn, this is some truly sci-fi shit right here. Wowie. I love this triumphant music. That was so cool. But still, still minor, still somber. Yeah, it's a very sad success. Melancholy, man. Day after a triumph is as hollow as the day after a tragedy. Man, Aaron and Justin are gonna make some beautiful daredevil. That was some somber heaviness. That variety article is full of shit. That was a great finale. <laughs> oh, did it I say the finale was bad? I thought they were, we were in trouble or something. Oh yeah, you know Marvel's up. It's done. It's the beginning of time. I, I, what a beautiful arc for that character. They somehow made cosmic and time so grounded. Like that's my exact. That's a comic. Because I usually say I prefer grounded stories and characters, but when you can do this big and ground it. When you've got the emotional grounding. They don't even know what Loki did. They don't know what he did exactly, do they? I suppose they wouldn't. Oh, wow. No post-credits uh, scene. We're just we letting just it live. This. <laughs> no trailers for nothing. Feels like the antithesis of a lot of recent Marvel stuff. Nah, letting the story breathe and not having it set up on other things. Don't be sexist, Coy. I uh, know. What a sexist. <laughs> also, somehow racist. <laughs> yeah, you know, we just cover all your prejudices. I mean, while we're here. 
Holy shit. Man, it seems like it'd be very lonely to be the god of stories sitting on that throne. And then all these people having to get in touch with their identities and their feelings and how they... I think we all know where we're going with this. Guys, before we talk about this, I want to be selfish and just... Sit alone in your throne? Yeah. Get out. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Story. Oh, there it is. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this video. I've literally just finished a therapy session, and I wanted to shoot this because I'm in this state of knowing why I champion mental health support so much. In the past few weeks, work's been a little bit hectic. It's led me to miss some sessions, and I really don't like doing that. And sometimes that's when the weight really starts to pile on. A lot of restless nights, a lot of fatigue, a lot of I can't sleep even though I'm so tired. And sometimes it's a very deep-seated sense of gloom. And yeah, every time this time of year... I get the seasonal blues like many of you. Meditating and sometimes journaling are my daily go-tos, but sometimes they just don't cut it when I'm trying to pinpoint why I'm down. And really, especially after a session like today, therapy just really helps clear the fog. Discussing the feelings is a critical step for me, especially as someone who's diagnosed with ADHD, type 2 bipolar, and PTSD. It's truly a cornerstone of my well-being. And I'm not alone in this. Many of us here at Real Rejects are in therapy, facing our own challenges from depression to anxiety, or just needing a non-judgmental space to voice our thoughts. This year, I've been working out most days of the week to keep my physical physical health strong, and I really do champion therapy as a way to strengthen my mental resilience. And for many, BetterHelp is integral to that process. There's real value in BetterHelp's accessible and adaptable service. They match you with a licensed therapist and provide the option to switch if necessary, ensuring the right fit for your mental health journey. As this year winds down and we confront life's complexities, do consider BetterHelp as a resource. Really happy to be partnered with them this month, so you can go to betterhelp.com slash realrejects for 10% off your first month. Again, that's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash real rejects so join us in moving forward stronger together thank you again all right thank you to better help for sponsoring this video okay um wow i thought that was a really impactful finale uh very very strong uh, i gotta get coy out of here and i gotta edit so there's nothing really more to say i'm sure john likes it he likes everything and coy uh, like loves everything yeah yep, likes like loves this before and then yeah. you've got to hate it because of us yeah to yeah, give I the flow a, i got a nitpick yeah and, i mean that, oh, so it's a sneak preview balance are you saying you're the god of stories and how <laughs> yeah. <we're> you? <laughs> are you writing the story of our reviews <laughs> yes um but no coy why don't you quickly explain what the god of stories is so i love the story of the god of stories because it actually mixes in with a meta narrative without actually being meta so in the meta narrative of deadpool for example or she hulk it is approaching the fourth wall or breaking the fourth wall acknowledging the reader in loki's use of the fourth wall it's actually acknowledging the house of ideas and the house of ideas is what they used to call the bullpen the place that marvel wrote their stories the house of ideas was the concept of creation itself in the Loki story of the God of Stories, they made the House of Ideas a, a tangible, finite element, which he was the first one that was able to remember his visit to the House of Ideas. So throughout comic history, in this story, other people had visited the House of Ideas, but no one had remembered. So Loki made a deal with then and now, these, these abstract entities of pure storytelling. And in making a deal with then and now, and upon remembering the House of Ideas itself, he is able to make things real by way of remembering them and telling them as a story. So he's able to articulate what reality is by way of him planting the memory, him manifesting it, and then him actually creating it in real time. So it's rapid creation through the powers of then, now, and the House of Ideas itself. And so this was the visual manifestation of that, of basically he's the one at the beginning of time controlling the timelines because he's the one that needs to monitor and create like pure creation. So my interpretation of this is that Kang 
is the destroyer by monitoring and thinking that's the answer. He's at the end of time, not a destroyer in the literal sense, but that it's the it's the the atrophy, the 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 the, the dismay, the decay of time. He's at the end of time, whereas Loki with the green and the lush and the other side of colors is at the beginning of time, which is why it's an after period for the TVA. So so he literally is creation. Mm-hmm. And in a way, he, uh, Kang, is destruction by being the conqueror of something. So now there's a more giant, more abstract Ouroboros. Yeah, that's beautifully put. Wow, you did that very efficiently. Thank you. Well done. Yeah. That well, was not an easy story. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I was like, I was like, like I'm a little worried how I'm going to get through this dense, dense thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, but in the context of the story, of the show itself, I think that they, they don't ever call him the god of stories here. No. I mean, it, this is kind of the origin of it. But they don't. We haven't seen him storying it up yet. No, no, no and he's no. burdened with that glory. Is like I love the glorious purpose, like cycling back because before it was his arrogance of wanting to have purpose, his arrogance of wanting a throne, and through that burden he became malevolent. And I love that now he's burdened with glorious purpose and the weight of the throne. Yeah. So his burden and that speech about purpose is so beautifully an Ouroboros. Yeah, and burdened with glorious boredom. You know, yes, I can imagine that. how. I mean, while being in touch with the timelines and seeing every single story that is unfolding, you know, God of Stories allows for a bit of a narrative control, and it's interesting for Loki to be a villain who has arced into this ultimate power following a comic book arc. Yet, he is the um, benevolent uh, counterpoint to right. to Kang, and. Is this something, I mean, there's always a conversation about they need the balance, they need the antithesis. Do you think he who remains still wanted this in the end? I think that it always had to occur. Otherwise, there's no creation. Yes. I think this was always all a path that mud, like was made to happen. There was no alternative. See, that's, I loved this season a lot because this committed a little bit more. I can imagine there could be things about, like, I want to rewatch it already because I'm like, I feel like there's, probably a thing or two that I probably missed. I want to watch season one and two together. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, as I love the dovetail of how both of these really connect very well, it tells that multiversal angle where a lot of it is when you hold a mirror up to yourself, it's not just multiverse cameo. Look, this person is played by this person instead. I've never like, not wanted Deadpool more. <laughs> like this, uh. this ver- the, the way they did this, it wasn't even necessarily multiverse. It was more time travel, right? Um, but it told the, the concepts of multiverse, the thematic things of multiverse that I love told through this time travel story, this narrative, mm-hmm. and watching how every character comes into confrontation with their own choices, the weight of it, the uh, the the basic point of accountability, I would yeah. say. <laughs> you know, well, yeah, like, where along in the tandem of action and events is the fulcrum point of all these situations. Yeah. Yeah. It was beautifully told because it's very, it's very philosophical, and it's a, a lot of it is a head scratcher. And I like the, I I think there's a level of bravery they decided to take because part one only kind of touches on something that could be a little difficult to grasp. Yeah, and I think here they left a lot up to you. Really got to pay attention. This I was time. worried I couldn't explain it, and I've read it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They they really make you pay attention very very close. Where you can you kind of pick up on some of the details, but I imagine this is the kind of ending where people will be going. What is the ending? Explain. I need to for know. once. I, I think yeah. this merits some videos on yes. the internet saying it does. Like it's a it is a very <laughs> complex and, and you know like the word 
dense is often thrown around when it just means a lot. Yeah. Uh, but it's more than just meaning a lot. Like the, it is it, it is really con- deconstructed through its core, the, the theme and discussions throughout. And I love that. We also still did get moments of reference like the, you know, 616 adjacent being the quantum realm. With, it seems like Woo! Easter egg. It seems like Kang will go from that version of himself as he remains to being not that particular one, but a variant was referenced as being like a one linear path. So I'm really curious Will we, I mean, a court decision pending, but will we see he who remains Kang? Like, will, we see that, will we see that version of him again if things uh, shine in Major's uh, favor and justice is in, in his side of whatever happens? Wow, he could explain um, the God of Stories really well, but then this subject. I'm scared of what the future will say about the thing, and if I'm on the wrong side of knowing. I'm the unknowing God in a chair of pink. <laughs> you know, just time slipped back to this moment yeah, to say like, something yeah. different. Yeah. And as justice prevailed, <laughs> things were due and I have a landed. feeling the verdict will go this way. <laughs> yeah. You'll note I gave no conclusion to that ellipses. Uh, but I, I'm curious, uh, storytelling-wise, if we'll see he who remains again, if Kang, as instructed, it would seem they're doubling down on that Kang being our Kang. Um, because, you know, they asked about another variant of him. It's just a beautifully open story while still giving closure. Yeah, I mean, it's like what I love about the He Who Remains uh, is that, like, in some versions of King, King's more of like a time. Like, it's it's funny how he's being pitched in the MCU as like this multiversal thing. But he, but he's I think he's more associated as like a time traveler. And a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, a weirdo time <laughs> like, traveler. He pops yeah. up to me at just the moment. like, that's a weird guy. Exactly. And then that book I recommended yeah. you, I was like, oh, I get yeah. this weird guy. But, like, even, but even in that, he's a time. it's more of time yeah. traveling. But everyone's kind of associated with the multiversal stuff, right? Yeah. Because of how he's been pitched in the MCU. And I... I think what what's so cool about He Who Remains is like while he doesn't don more of the classic look as we saw in Quantumania, he is sort of like the uh, ultimate Lex Luthor of sorts. Just it's just a brain conglomerate, the genius that we crave from Kang. And when he shows, I'm like, man, he is the ultimate threat. Like we need a, I do think we still need that singularity of a threat. Of like, we need at least one king to latch onto as that's like prime king that we gotta fear, and then multiversal king seems scary because we got this guy. Yeah, you I know, agree. and and I feel like when he who remains is there, just that power of knowledge and foresight, and and navigation and patience, you know, um, is so great. And as like again, the opposite, the mirroring that they did with going back to season one, the POV shots, like you kept mentioning, like yes. I, when they were like talking to us, when it was like. Yeah. Hello, Loki, giving a monologue at me. I'm uncomfortable because yeah. it's supposed to be. It was so good. How do you feel during it, John? Oh, I mean, I was. It, it's a very emotionally kind of rich. I don't know. They cast such a pall over everything, and there is such kind of a somber, baleful tone throughout it. And it's interesting because this does feel like the end of something and the start of something. But this, exactly. I like that they left it all on the table <laughs> in that. For for the first time, I am actually quite pleased there was nothing after the credits. Not even a Loki will return. For right now, this is the end of something. And I am saddened by that in an appropriate way, but I appreciate that because it really earned just, yeah, every heart swell, every heart skip of, of a beat, you know. And, uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to miss I'm gonna miss so many things, but I'm also fascinated to see what this becomes yeah. <laughs> and inspires. I think this ties... Downey's Iron Man is my favorite arc. Landing, like going from yeah. the the mischief arrogant to 
the god of stories in his throne that he doesn't well, want. Well, I love that it's such an ironic tale for him. Right. Yeah. Like this is this is completely ironic. He <laughs> creates and he wanted to destroy like, and like he matured into creating. Like yeah. he gets the true burden of leadership. Like it's so lonely and then the most physical manifestation. I know? love that it's Joss so... Whedon wrote like cursed with glorious purpose because yeah. it sounded cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean he's just I mean it had a purpose then, but now it has a purpose. It has a real it's purpose. Title of the damn episode. It, yeah. It's he's he's lonely at the top. And he, it um, real leaders normally don't want to be the real leader. He keeps rejecting throne and power throughout this season, and he just has to take it unwillingly. And those horns we we all mentioned yeah. separately as like they they felt tangible. They had weight. The crown looked heavy, and those horns heavy. felt like they were against him. But yeah. part of him, I loved when he had like the garb just manifest. But then it just felt so like. It's natural, but man, yeah. it looks awful. Like it, was, it looks yeah. awful to wield. I thought it was really multi-layered in its emotion, its emotionality. Like it was beautiful, but it was also very tragic. Yeah, it was um, empowering and hopeful, but also incredibly sad. Well, and it starts <laughs> off in, in such a. F- I think it was smart to start with a very fun kind of timey wimey thing where it's like oh he's going just back to different points and he's like rushing through it and he's like okay chop chop business as usual you go down the thing and then we oh we try again and i'm gonna spend a thousand years learning (laughs) stuff like it starts off in a very sort of fun place for this kind of story that's like it gives you your cake up front Mm, that's a good point the pacing is a really good point and what i will say too uh one thing that i've often said throughout this season (laughs) about loki's personality of I kind of miss some of that fun side of Loki. Mm-hmm. Seeing who he arced into by the end of this, I'm like, oh, wait, that actually works really well. <laughs> like yeah. you wanted. Yeah. I remember episode three, you were like, I miss fun Loki. And I was like, I think we'll either get him back yeah. or it'll earn it. And like, I was hoping it would, I didn't think it would go here. Yeah. But this really earned the season. This, th- this episode was Loki the show because of the rest of the season yeah 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 like we all hoped yeah but i never would have imagined this story because they were just kind of pitching it was like serious tva agent but the way they take it to like a new epic height and in a very ethereal way and in a manner that you kind of wouldn't expect but it still feels like we naturally got here here. instead of just going like big action scene or like it's, it's big debate. Yeah. <laughs> After it, big debate. And I love how this it's end season mirrors season one in such a way of just like the the revelation. And again, that Ouroboros effect of what you're talking about, of how last one ends with the he who remains. You do bring he who remains back, but he, he essentially ends up becoming the opposite version of he who remains. Yeah. So it's still fulfilling a similar role. Like, wow, what a powerful aspect. And stepping out of time itself. And I really like what you said about the pacing, because I think the frenetic pacing in the opening made the end somberness feel so much more like you're tired. Yeah. Like we had to go like, oh, oh, and I'm tired. I'm glad that was yeah. one episode. Like it felt yeah. so good as an hour of just like, we lived through a lot because he, he did briefly become super TV agent. He did briefly, yeah. like we lived it it's the in s- this. Yeah, it's this like vibrating, you know, shifting thing that slowly kind of finds its way and then calms to a, you know, steady resolve. And I didn't want to talk. Like the, that and, gelatinous phase, I was yeah. just like, whoa. Yeah. That was so stunning. Yeah, it hits you in a different way. Uh, again, beautiful music throughout. I really appreciate the craftsmanship and craftsmanship. The craftsmanship. <laughs> craftsmanship. The craftsmanship that they throw yeah. down. That shit they craft. Beautiful craft. house, that craftsmanship. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the way they craft uh, together, it, like the story of this is really, that's really hard to write something like this. Like mm-hmm. Structurally, I could just imagine that whiteboard 
uh, or, or like all those index cards. I cannot <laughs> imagine. You... It's the Charlie Day for sure. Yeah. When and they're mapping this season. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like this really feels like a complete, this felt like a showrunner like threw this one together. Yeah. You know? And season one and two felt like it was all a plan and it was literally a different yeah. team. I the, love that the, season two is a whole different squad. I'm like, how did you do this from that? Like you guys found seeds that you, it seems like you planted. You weren't there to plant yeah. them. It's just funny how you like, loki in. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You have you have the Marvels out right now where I think that even if you like it, I think the general consensus is that it's messy. Everyone says it. It, it, it also really represents a lot of Marvel's problems, the, the problems that we all have. But the people who like it had fun with it. And this is the and, same day. And, yeah, and it's just kind of crazy how you have the juxtaposition. You have an horror force <laughs> with real <laughs> chaos and decay and atrophy. You have, and what story uh, creation can be. You have, like, yes, this one is not as fun. Nowhere near. It doesn't aim for fun. But damn, is it, like, composed as shit mm-hmm. from every aspect of filmmaking to storytelling and acting. All of it. And pacing, added uh, every every nugget of what someone on set is required for, before, during, and after. It's all present here in a way that speaks so such loud volumes. And then the other one is, but it's fun, you know. Don't <laughs> and, let the MCU decay. And, and it's it's so interesting to get both sides truly <laughs> the same week i would be fascinated to know how this and this doesn't even have a sorry it's just funny like this doesn't even have a post credit scene it's the and, opposite and the, the other, other one like, let's just talk about the post credit the, the other one has such an important post credit scene it's such a messy film yeah, yeah. it makes me curious how they <laughs> made sad. this because this doesn't feel like you could have done like modular reshoots and stuff like that and I'm this sure is the first one of that reshoots have. Without no reshoots on the show. That's that. It's it shows sanity. It shows they yeah. pro- they locked this those scripts ahead of time. And hey, maybe they had some stuff with the earlier TVA, you know, mutiny bit. But like, yeah, it really feels like they locked everything and mapped this out ahead of time. Yeah, there's yeah. no way to go back and like let's check that. No, no, this is done. This is buttoned up. Yeah, I love how they brought it back to how he's a god and what uh, and what a god with power can do it's well, like yeah. it's about responsibility you well, know? and realizing <laughs> that yeah it's it's not defining what that means and then inflicting that on everybody else it's just accepting what it means to be in that position of godhood <laughs> all right koi uh you got to get out of here got i gotta edit uh but can you wrap us up in 30 seconds what you think this ending means for the future of the mcu I especially think, echo uh i mean obviously <laughs> echo's next so it's going to tie in loki's going to open the season and go like <laughs> <your death."> um, <laughs> It's, uh, I believe, in 30 seconds. What's going to happen is we're going to have the, the elements. So distracted by my own joke being so offensive. Um, the idea of opening the show uh, as we go further, the, the narrative show that is Marvel, I do think we're going to see elements of the god of stories not directly represented. I think there is a chance we'll see him in Secret Wars. I think there's a chance we see him briefly in Kang Dynasty as we see time unraveling and like time being conquered, but I wouldn't count on Kang Dynasty necessarily. I would assume Secret Wars. It'd be a big moment. It'd be a big pop. And he's so overpowered. He's almost like a celestial, like um, like yeah. a living tribunal. I could see him on the
the plane of the gods that are more like the ones we met in Elemental, I mean, uh, um, Eternals, the more like that level of god. So I could see it in Secret Wars. But what I think is going to happen going forward is we see Kang, depending on how the story goes, be introduced in more narratives, and we build to how we've met time unraveling, working for Kang being on so many disparate parts. We see how powerful it is in different places, but... The big thing for Easter egg hunters is all those timelines mean Fox, Sony, all those things. Yeah. So we're going to see that this unraveling and the keeping instead of the decaying, the not pruning is allowing these universes to collide. So the only thing we're getting for a film next year is Deadpool. The events of this are how I believe Deadpool is going to relate. I think Deadpool can travel through them because of the time yeah. turner. But I think because of what just happened here, they're colliding. So incursion events are going to be timelines visualized by planets and dimensional folds because of the end of this episode, which is beautiful because it is actually what Feige promised with the stabbing of Kang. That is what started all of this because that's what had to not happen in order for this multiverse to occur. So that Ouroboros is now complete, but the launching point into the collision of all these things is where we're going to start this next phase. They should end this phase here and call that the next thing because it's a lot cleaner, but they haven't had a map for a little bit. So I think (laughs) Deadpool is the beginning of the unreal unraveling of the events caused by the end of this here and if kang gets to stay it'll be him uh building power setting up to kang dynasty and then ultimately secret wars where we might see loki again amen to that that was well done dude that's crazy i how, love comics it's crazy how he became like yeah how he just he wanted to be a dictator and he ends up becoming the exact opposite he becomes a <laughs> benevolent <laughs> yeah, god of yeah. creation he just wants people to have free will yeah it's just so funny and i love that yeah. he wears green the color of creation like there's yeah. so much beauty in this yeah and then with the, with the opposite of like king's colors his like, colors are purple and it's, it's like the inverse and green too and, yeah. and the tree of life yeah. being purple and green yeah. like the flowering and purple king's the colors too you know god damn it's yeah. good tv all righty guys uh that was brilliant i love that um what did you guys think? Leave your thoughts down below. What was your favorite moment from this? Thank you, Koi, for being here. Guys, thank you for being, joining us. I'll catch you all soon.